Welcome to All Things in the Name of Love. If you like this show, please like, subscribe, and share. Thanks. Welcome to another episode of All Things in the Name of Love. And today I have with me Janelle Green. And we already started talking before I hit the record button. I'm kind of mad at myself for that because it was a really great start. So we were talking about triggers. And Janelle, if you would like to talk about that impractical jokes again and telling me that whole realization that you had, I think that's a great way to launch this. Yeah. Well, you know, just as a preface just to that story, people always assume that people like us, healers, people have been doing the the work for mm-hmm. a really long time have perfect lives. Like they think that we <laughs> never get triggered, like we got it all figured out. And I, I like to tell my clients, listen, the only difference between you and I is that I have tools. So instead of being stuck for like a week, a month, a year, two years, I'm stuck for like maybe five minutes, 24 hours if it's really, really bad. But that's the only difference. I still have all the human feelings. I'm not like, you know, a superwoman. And I think even superwoman has some vulnerabilities. But the story was that uh, I had just seen a new discovery. And I I celebrate, we were talking about celebrating these discoveries of our triggers and our wounds that we didn't even know were there. Mm -hmm. And so my husband, he watches this show called Impractical Jokers. And the preface is four best friends from elementary school who play practical jokes on each other, but they're so over the top. And a lot of times they're working with people kind of like Borat, where they didn't know that they were kind of in it. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of like victim to it. And it really triggered me. Yeah. And I asked my husband, can you just turn that off? Or, you know, I, I really don't like watching that. And I really had to look for myself because it was funny for sure. Right. And there was something about it that made me feel really, really uncomfortable. And so looking at it, what I saw is that it triggered my memories of being bullied as a kid. Mm. You know, um, I was a premature baby. So I like I had a lot of health issues. I'm only four foot 10. Um, I was very, you know, I did really well in school. I was competitive in dance and piano and, and ballet and all that stuff. And so I've always been this like good girl, people pleasing, smart, you know, like the perfect, yeah. trying to be the perfect child. Uh-huh. And it was like, why do I, why? And as an adult, here I am 46, still kind of in that same trajectory. So it's like, why am I the way that I am? And what Mm -hmm. I saw was that I made up that no matter if I'm smart, I'm pretty, I'm nice, I'm all these things, I would always get rejected. Because I got bullied for who I dated. I got bullied for getting good grades. I got bullied for being ugly. I got bullied for pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. And so my way of coping was just to try to be worthy of being accepted. Man, and that is such a deep wound. Oh, oh. so it was like, I actually celebrated that because mm-hmm. a lot of people think that people like us have it all figured out and we don't have any more wounds and it's, we're we're good to go. It's like, no, 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 this is like an ongoing <laughs> journey until you die yeah no i i had one come up last week this week last week last week it was towards the end of last week and it came in dreams and it was like first dream me as an 11 year old feeling completely isolated and not being able to fit in the second i don't remember what the second night was but the third night was me confusing who i was in order to have my dad protect me from my mom's 
mood swings after my grandfather died. So I I started watching base basketball and watching Benny Hill with him just to like bond with him. Yeah. So he would protect me. Mm. At 11, that confused me sexually a little bit because I'm watching women with big breasts. I didn't know that was part of a program that was still running in here until this oh. weekend. Oh. And I was like, holy wow, that's been running for 43 years. Like just subsuming myself and subsuming who I am, even though I've never dated a woman, I've never been interested in a woman, that program is there for me to see. Is that is that really real or is that something I took on to keep myself safe. And there's nothing wrong with my mom. She's a beautiful person, but she did have mood swings and she had trauma and she didn't ever want to deal with it. So like having the ability to be present, to acknowledge and feel those traumas. And I'm still unpacking it because it's a big one. It was 43 years of me being this mm. person and the grace of knowing what's on the other side of that. Yeah. That's what makes it so cool to be able to like be vulnerable with yourself. A hundred percent. And I think on the, you know, on the flip side of it, when we can really acknowledge our own vulnerabilities and our own humanity, I think that's what's missing in the world right now, to be honest. Um, I think that we can have way more space mm -hmm. for a partner. Yeah because we project right like if we feel like we're not enough if we feel unloved we're going to project that to our partner so it doesn't matter how much our partner lays on the love tells us how beautiful we are you know does all the right things if we don't see it as genuine because we don't think we're worthy or that we can't trust what they say we're never gonna feel love and happiness and all the things that we want even though it's like right smack in our face right right but if we can't see it you can't see it. I mean, I, 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 I'm pretty intuitive too. And so I see things in people all the time from the way they carry themselves and how they interact. And it's like, if they're not ready to hear it, mm -hmm. this is fine balance because like, I want to, you know, I don't want to poke the bear, but I also like want to poke the bear because I want to help people wake up. So yeah. it's this interesting balance of like trying to navigate that because I ask my friends to tell me when they can see things I can't see. Cause I don't know. Mm. please trigger me I'm strange <laughs> wow that's that's brave oh I I know I have stuff in here that I can't see yeah and they can't hurt me like that's what I've realized nobody can hurt me more than I've already hurt myself mm. so all they're doing is showing me how I've hurt myself mm. through protection through numbing myself out through pretending I'm somebody I'm not that's way more hurtful than anyone can do anything to me for. Mm, interesting. So. Interesting. See, for me, I don't actually look at that because I know that people put their crap on me. Right. <laughs> so my yeah, sister, yeah. so for example, my sister, you know, I, I was actually, I was actually on a podcast this morning and we were talking about uh, different personalities mm -hmm. and my sister, not that she teases me, but she kind of teases me about okay. being, she likes to, so we were playing this game at Christmas and the game was, what are three words that you would describe yourself? Okay. And one of the words I used was honest. Cool. And she stops me and she's like, I would 
I would say more you're direct than honest. And it kind of like, hmm, what does that mean? Right. Yeah. Then I realized that that's her stuff. Like she right. can't deal with straightness. She gets super defensive. Right. Right. And so in a moment, at that moment, I kind of got triggered. I'm like, what do you mean? Is there something? And I went to what's, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. But then I realized like, no, I am who I am and right. she is who she is. And there's nothing wrong with either of it. But if I'm going to listen to what other people say about me and how they see me, mm-hmm. now I'm going to shift who I am to try right. to appease their comfort level with me. And that's not my job. My job right. is to be the most authentic me. And I think that's part of the problem that we're feeling is that that anxiety of trying to set to try to meet everyone else's expectations right. of who we think we should be when we should know who we should be. Right. And that's, that's the difference. It's like for, for, for me, like a trigger. Yeah, sure. Show me my triggers because that's going to help me find things. But if somebody doesn't like me and I'm like, okay, let me feel into that. Is that me? Mm-hmm. No, not me. That's not yeah. me. That's yeah. them, And that's okay. Yeah. Um, I've learned um, to say we're in different frequencies way less hard for people to hear we're just in different frequencies than yeah I don't want to be your friend anymore yeah yeah and I think it's so important especially when we're in a relationship to have I feel like we're way more compassionate with like the milkman more than we are our partner yeah you know and so this has been something that my husband has taught me is because he's you know has such a sensitive soul and heart that yeah, sometimes my directness, I can see it like triggers him. And I'm like, okay, yeah. hold on. Let me just rephrase that in a way mm-hmm. that he can hear it. Right. Because I think being honest is is a valuable characteristic. But if communication doesn't land over there with the other person mm-hmm. because of our delivery of it, I think right. that's something to get responsible for. And sometimes it's like, hey, this is what it is. If you can't deal with it, suck it up. Too bad. <laughs> But some, but most of the time I look at, it, I'm like, okay, hold on. Let me just explain that. Cause maybe mm-hmm. I went a little bit too hard to, to the jugular and I didn't really like provide any context. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, communication is about something landing over with the other person. Right. If what I say doesn't land over there and they block it, defend it, whatever, then I've failed making that communication. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with that because like I, I, I can be blunt, but I've learned in my life history that like trying to, he- trying to pay attention, cause I'm an active listener. So I, I listen mm-hmm. to how a person receives things yeah. and how they talk. So then I adapt. Right. Like, I don't even know how the neural pathways go at this point, but like something yeah. in me shows me how I can communicate in a way that the person can hear me. Yeah. And it's taken a lot of practice because yeah. the person is different and how they receive yeah. Is based on how their own, what their comfort levels are with themselves. Yeah. yeah, totally. And you know, that same thing with my clients, right? I got guys, I got girls, I got young men, I get old men, I get all of it. I get the, the, the very feminine energy men, I get, you know, sort of the masculine energy men. And so, like you said, sort of just to be intuitive and to really listen, to give back what you hear mm-hmm. and just keep continuing to be curious. And that's exactly the same techniques that I use with my husband. And this, you know, and it just, yeah, it just makes life so much easier when we can just get to the level of like, hey, listen, we're both human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're both like grappling in this. I, you know, there's no good, bad, right, wrong. There's just two people just trying to figure out how do we connect 
mm-hmm. at a level where we can truly see and hear each other. Yeah. But if we've got triggers, we got inner child wounds, we've got all this ego in the way, we can't actually see that because talking about neural pathways and the subconscious, you can't, the brain cannot be in trigger mode and learn at the same time. Right. And that's why I think books don't really work because mm-hmm. you have all this information, but when you're in the thick of it, right? When you're inside the storm, none of that makes any difference. None of it. Right. Because right. you're just like in emotional mode and you go, you go into survival mode and then that's right. a whole new ball game. Right. So that's, I think that's why my work is so powerful because it goes. Oh, yeah. So tell me how you got into this. Cause I'm just so curious. <laughs> um, well, I guess it started with going through a divorce. My first yeah. husband, um, I had, you know, of course, hindsight, it's 2020. I had gotten into a marriage or relationship with someone for really the sole reason of not wanting to be alone. You know, being Filipino, you know, I was about 23, 24. My dad just passed away. And there was a part of me that felt afraid to Mm. be that person, the single woman that nobody wanted. And so here I was looking for my mate and no one really wanted to get serious. They just kind of wanted to quote unquote, have fun until I met my, my ex. And he was like, I want the white picket fence. I want the dog. I want the kids. And, you know, he had the basic requirements on the resume, right? Good looking, has a job, has his teeth. <laughs> um, you know, like the things that I thought were important, right. you know, to have the same vision for our life. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Like how, how bad can this be? It was a very quick engagement. Um, and then when I got in there, I realized that what I valued and what I expected out of a marriage was not what he expected and so we and he was also very alpha so we had these very two strong personalities mm-hmm. butting heads and he had a lot of uh emotional uh wounds from his parents they were very rich but they were very cheap okay. so as an adult he spent like crazy i'm talking boats i'm wow. talking motorcycles i'm talking yeah not like little toys like I'm right, talking right. about stuff anyway so it, things were going really really bad and I got invited to do this seminar called the landmark forum and I'm like okay good I can take him and we're gonna fix him because he is just all wrong <laughs> right I had like I'm the victim he's yep. a piece of crap or whatever <laughs> but when I got in there what I realized was like oh my gosh I have not been responsible for anything Mm-hmm. And I didn't even see that I had any in- emotional wounds. All I knew was this relationship wasn't working and he was acting like a child and this is not what I signed up for. So either we fix this or we got to figure out something else. Right. Anyway, by the end of it, I took responsibility and I sat him down. I'm like, listen, I'm so sorry for judging you, for blaming you, mm-hmm. for being mean to you. And guess what? You know what? You're great the way you are. And it doesn't work for me. That's not what I want. And I want to get a divorce. Oh, and that's so beautiful. Part of me. That's beautiful. Yeah. And so we went to the divorce courts together or the law courts. We signed the papers side by side. We paid our $80. We went out for dinner. He dropped me off. I gave him a kiss on the cheek. I said, okay, good luck. And that was it. Wow. That's beautiful. And, yeah. And it was not going to go that way. <laughs> I was so angry and just 
furious, like, right, like, how dare you take this away from me? Like, I had this one chance to have my dream come true of, you know, and I'm Catholic too, right? Oh, wow, so, yeah. So it's like, damn you. But then I really had to look in and go, no, damn myself. Mm -hmm. And what I saw was that, and this is where the healing part comes. What I saw was that I had not completed what had happened to me when I was nine. And what happened to me when I was nine was that, you know, my parents were the most perfect couple. My dad adored my mom, you know, as Filipinos, we always had like dancing and karaoke and food and family and laughter in our house and music all the time. And mm. all of a sudden, find out that my dad cheated on my mom with my mom's best friend, Ooh. got her pregnant. Oh, and my mom caught them and she kicked them out. And so for about three years, my parents were separated. I was nine. My sister was six and my brother was only three. Oh, wow. And so my mom was a single mom. Uh, three years later, she, uh, he comes back and he says, I'm sick um, and I need someone to take care of me. Can I come home? Wow. And so my mom had to make the choice whether or not she was going to forgive him or, you know, or not. Mm -hmm. And so she, she said, I will, let's forgive and forget. And uh, my only condition is that if you're here, you're here. Mm -hmm. None of this back and forth stuff. And he honored his word. So for the next 13 years before he passed away, our, our family was complete. It was great. And, you know, we were by his bedside as he passed. And so you would think <laughs> that, yeah, everything's great. It's all, all good. But lo and behold, here I am in my 20s. Now realizing at nine years old, standing at that window, watching my dad leave, I, I discovered or I decided subconsciously, number one, I'm unlovable. Mm -hmm. Number two, everybody I love will leave me. And number three, I can't trust nobody. <laughs> yeah. So guess, what? guess how my life went. <laughs> right. 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 And, and like, we don't even see those things. Yeah. Until, yes. until we're ready to see them. And it's like, yeah. they will completely control us. Yeah. And so the last 20 years, I've just been working on that. And, you know, I got out of my divorce. I, I started to create like, well, first of all, heal myself, but also create what is it that I actually want in a partner? Mm -hmm. And I wrote it down on this piece of paper. I got really clear about it and boom, he shows up and he's here. And I've been married for 17 years and he is perfect in every way he is my best friend he's my playmate he's my my rock star you know he's my accompanist when I sing I um, my parents love him his parents love me like it's all just so beautiful and he's my teacher really you know and and so I've decided I decided to create a business around what I learned beautiful. and also it was to be honest it was a divine download that I got over and over again mm. that I was not meant to be a corporate sales software representative for the rest of my life mm. and that I wanted to have that I was here for so much more than that and I think up until that point there was always this question like Lord why me why did why did I get molested why did I have to go through divorce why did my dad do that like all of the why did I get bullied right mm -hmm. and now that I am where I'm at I'm like oh God gave me all these experiences so that I could learn mm -hmm. forgiveness compassion uh 
healing and really just so I've now been set up I have the capacity to be with anyone and to hold no judgment and to really be that space for them to look within without the guilt and the shame but really almost like a a celebration so when my clients see that you know they're they're expecting me to judge them but no I'm like yeah they're like what so now I get it yeah so I've created this dynamic with them where we actually are excited to go look for it and we acknowledge that rather than taking it more as like oh I'm unworthy I'm not enough it's a complete shift it's a very almost very counterintuitive approach Mm -hmm. but it's really empowering oh yeah yeah because like when you realize that you're the only one shaming yourself (laughs) it's like oh wait hold on a second why am I shaming myself this is like something my like little one came up with yeah and you know the funny thing about the shaming self thing is too is is my parents never shamed me never I was like the perfect kid my parents my my siblings got in trouble (laughs) but I never so it was all Mm self-induced so I was lucky that way and yet I if anyone's listening to this I also want to point out that even if I didn't have those kind of parents that maybe you have I still had to deal with my own crap right Right. We all do. I mean, my my parents, beautiful, loving people, they had their own stuff to deal with. I, as the empath, decided it was my responsibility to take care of it. Well, who decided that? Me. Mm. Me. So so as I unpack and have been unpacking all of this for like 12 years, um, just to be able to see things in that like, oh, well, that's another thing I I took on. Mm -hmm. It's not really mine. I don't need to take that on anymore. And that's, that's such a gift because it liberates me to be who I am and who I came here to be. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think one of the things, one of the gifts that I give my clients is I, I show them my heart. I share them my wounds, Mm -hmm. which I think is not normal. I think, you know, if you were going to go to a therapist or counselor, they don't share any of that stuff with you. Right. But for me, I think that when I, when we can show other people that there is vulnerability, there's power in vulnerability, and that if we want to feel connected to others, we have to be willing to break, to bring, to actually show our true selves. And that is where connection and intimacy is created. Now things can shift in our relationship, but we've just been taught to protect ourselves, to right, to avoid failure, to avoid being rejected. Don't put your heart out. Don't say I love you too soon. Don't sleep with that person too quickly. Don't, like all of these fearful thoughts and concerns, rather than coming from a place of like, okay, if I want to experience love and joy and happiness and peace. What is, how do I need to be in order to create that with the other person? Mm-hmm. One of the most beautiful things I've done is shift from being a recovering academic to being heart-based. Mm-hmm. And so like what I've seen in, in the dynamics, because I usually work with animals, which I, I absolutely love. But um, what I see is with humans, the four legged versus the humans, um, the dynamics of the healing process are different. What I've seen with the men, the men tend to be less in their hearts 
the women tend to be a little more in their hearts and less in their brains. Meaning See, I have the opposite. Really? Yeah, it's so exciting. Because That's beautiful. Right? right? It's the men who cry, not the women. Wow. And I would say my client base is probably 65% men. That's beautiful. It's so that. encouraging to me because I think three, five years ago, you know, I had this belief that men didn't want help. They, you know, they shut down mm -hmm. their emotions, but no, they're actually quite willing to go into their feminine That's to beautiful. admit that no matter, you know, no matter what I do, it's never enough for her. And I just, mm -hmm. I just want to be loved and I want to yeah. be held. And I want to be told that, that whatever I, that, that I'm enough. Mm -hmm. And it's just, yeah, it's really, really beautiful. And so I, I don't know if it's me. It's like, I just attract that for whatever reason, or if it's like a global thing that's shifting in the world. I love it. But yeah, I love it. Yeah. Because like the women that I've worked with, the energy that I feel with them is there's so many layers of, I'll call it the distorted masculine where they have to yeah. protect themselves more and they're not open to that heart expansion. Yep. Um, so they have like different layers, like what I perceive and sense is the unwinding of the need to be something they're not. Yeah. Yeah. And to also like be better than what they see out there, like the comparison right. thing. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, look at that super mom. She looks like she's got all together. Her hair is done. Da, 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 da. She's always happy. But especially with social media, right? There's all of this fakeness. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so we are so hard on ourselves. Like even for me, when I look on social media, especially in the beginning of my career, where I saw all these coaches who like dress so nice and they look like they have like, so much money and I'm like oh man like is that ever gonna be me and I, you know I feel like so lack right, right? but right. it's all just for show mm -hmm. and I think again just knowing honoring where we are in our path and remembering that even people like Oprah Winfrey and these amazing you know amazing women all they, they weren't always this way they started right. at humble beginnings as well and we're all on our own path right. and we just need to honor that and love ourselves for that mm -hmm. rather than trying to keep up with everybody else mm -hmm. i definitely feel that because the more we step into our gifts yeah the less everyone else matters yeah and the more happier we are mm-hmm <laughs> And then we don't have, because each one of us has gifts that we share to help others find their gifts. Yeah. And as we tune more and more into that inner wisdom, we can shift so much in this world. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And so I think, you know, talking about shifting, I think that, you know, one of the things that I'm really passionate about is family. And the almost the destruction or disassembling of the family idea. Yeah. And how that's impacting us as the children of the people who have decided to, to separate our parents. And then us now being parents and going through a similar experience and going, well, I remember what it was like being a kid when my parents broke up. I don't want to do that to my, to my children. Yeah. 
and just feeling like such a failure in right. that because right. we were never given the equipment to process all these emotions. You know, a lot of us didn't have our mom, didn't have our dad, didn't have siblings, mm-hmm. didn't have love. You know, I meet a lot of people who said, my dad never said, I love you. I had to pull it out of my dad, but he did. <laughs> and so there's all of these emotional and childhood needs as adults we're still feeling that gap and we're trying to figure out how do we move on and be happy when there's a part of us that always feels like we were never enough. Mm-hmm. And we have to just get to the point that they didn't have the, the skills right. and the tools or the instruction manual to figure it out. And so we got to right. have compassion for them and they did the best they could. And maybe oh, it yeah. wasn't how we would have done it, but it has nothing to do with us. I had a couple months ago, I had this discussion with my mom. She's got dementia, but um, I did this healing energy brought in um, a whole bunch of, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but this was a, what happened was I became a channel of a message that she needed to hear. And she went out of dementia into full consciousness cool. and actually heard it. And I was like, you know, mom, you always thought you were the black sheep, but actually you were a rainbow sheep (laughs) and everyone that didn't get you was because your light was too bright for them. And she's like, I never thought of that. I said, I know because you haven't been taught this, but I'm not, I I don't even remember most of what came through, but I do remember saying, you know, and dad was a rainbow sheep too, because he was super gentle and sweet and loving. And he didn't know how to be that in the sixties and seventies and eighties, you know, when I was growing up. So here was this beautiful, gentle man who loved animals and nature and a musician, both rainbow sheep. I'm the daughter of two rainbow sheep. And she didn't get it until she did. And she was like, oh my gosh. And so like, she was able to heal within her. I was Mm. able to love her for where she's at because she never saw herself that way. Ah. And whatever happened between us, it sent her in a different frequency for when she transitions, whenever that is, because I don't know, because she's got dementia. So, but like she was clear in that moment and mm. she received it. And I'm like, wow, we just healed your soul mm. because you were open to receiving it. And I was open to be a channel. And, you know, we can do that if we allow ourselves to be vulnerable. We can heal the ancestors, we can heal the children. Yeah. Like we just have to be the ones to open our hearts. Yeah. And you know, that's scary. I mean, even for me, I, I consider, you know, with, with the humblest heart, I, I consider my marriage to be perfect. And there's moments when I, you know, I'm 46, my dad died at 40, 53. And so there's this sort of shift in me that starts to feel fearful because as my body changes too, right? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm feeling things and I'm like both spiritually, physically, emotionally. And I'm like, what's happening? Am I, am I gonna die young? And so there's these moments where I, you know, my husband's sleeping and I and I feel him and I'm like, how much time do I have with this man? And what if he goes before me? Like, can I handle that? Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a fear of giving too much love because when that love is gone how do we even continue and cope? But Mm -hmm. I realized like, no, that's not how I want to live my life in fear for this thing that may happen or may not happen. Right. 
I'm just going to be present and appreciate every moment I get with this man. Mm -hmm. And so that even if I die at 53, that I can close my eyes and say, I loved with everything I had. Mm -hmm. And I have no regret. That, that is so important to, to acknowledge and, and have the awareness of the fears and go through them. Because none of us know when we're going to die. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know from my own experience that we do not die. Our, our bodies do. Our spirits are eternal. Um, and they typically go to new adventures, which is really cool. Um, but the the programming in our world of death is a bad thing. Like I, I had a mentor at one point who said, you know, what if we change the paradigm of death? I'm like, what do you mean? She said, how about we have a party? Like we sense, because we're so connected with our, you know, our source self that we know what day we're dying. And we have a party the day before with all of our friends. And we just have this big celebration. And then we're like, yeah, I'm going to go to sleep now. And I'm going to come back in another form. And that's mm -hmm. it. Instead of making it like a dreaded thing mm -hmm. that we avoid to shift it because it really is just a transition mm -hmm. from form to matter and i i just love that imagery of having just being goofy on my last day on the planet in this form mm -hmm. yeah i mean i i feel that way in a way but when it comes to my husband i'm like I don't know. Like, I don't know what's on the other side. I don't know if he's going to be with me. I don't know if my ex is going to be there. And I'll be like, oh man, not you. <laughs> right? Like, I don't know. And I think that's a lot of what our fear is, is the unknown. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And then having the opportunity to surrender into that. Yeah. I, I, I am in, I'm in a fun journey of, I'm not homeless but I don't have a base, if that makes sense. So like I may, all my stuff is in storage, not because I want it to be, because it is. And right now I'm, I'm house sitting and I'm staying at a friend's house when I'm done with that. And I don't have my own roots. And the reason why it's a fear for me is because I am a homebody. I love, mm -hmm. I really, I love to travel, but I love having a base. Mm. So I get to deal with on a daily basis, pretty much like, okay, what's today going to be? Where am I, where am I at? Like, how can I be present and settled and grounded in myself, regardless of where I am? So that. Yeah. So and not I knowing, am. not knowing what tomorrow or next week or next month is going to look like. Right. right? I think that's so easy to go. Well, right. Oh, yeah. We, we want to protect ourselves. So we want to mm -hmm. know we need certainty. We want like stability, but yeah, I don't have that's, any. That's not. I don't have any externally. I don't have any stability externally. I have it in here. Right. right. And that's been the, that's been the journey I've had this past year. I was like, okay, why are you looking outside of you for home? Yeah. Cause I am home. Yeah. And so it's been a really interesting, like, how do I navigate like moving from one place to another without stressing? And it's like, okay, so I'm learning that. Yeah. Um, it hasn't been easy. Yeah. But I'm not stressed about it anymore. Yeah. Well, probably part of that too is just that, that expectation or that programming that says you need to have a home base. Right. 
Right. Right. And then you feel like, well, I'm not. So is there something, there's this like subconscious, like feeling like there's something wrong. Right. Because it's contradicting, but no, it's, it's perfect. And if it works, right. it works. Right. And it's like, so, so getting out of the, I feel like I'm reliving a gypsy life or something. I don't, I don't <laughs> even know, but it's, it's like getting past that, like the need for a house. Yeah. To recognizing it'll come in divine timing. Yeah. And in the meantime, I have an opportunity to live in different places and meet new people and explore different things. And that's a gift that not a lot of people have. A hundred percent. I, uh, I, I've never lived alone my entire life. Oh, wow. And I have, yeah. I, cause you know, I have siblings and then okay. from my parents' house, I got married from the time I got divorced. Then I met Mike, we moved in together, like after 30 days and oh. then 17 years later, here we are. Like life has just kind of gone that way. So yeah. two years ago, I had like a major burnout meltdown. Like life was just like really kicking my butt. Mm-hmm. And I decided that I needed to go away by myself and just kind of find myself, figure out what I wanted to do next. Did I want to continue this business? Did I want to get back into corporate? And so I'm on this ferry. Um, I go to this island. So Vancouver is on the West Coast, but there's a place called Vancouver Island and it's gorgeous. Oh, yes. I love Vancouver Island. Okay. So, you know, so I get on, I get on the ferry and I'm actually going to Bowen. I've never nice. been to Bowen but I found a place that I was going to stay at for a week. And as I'm on the ferry, I'm realizing for the first time, oh crap, I've never been alone. I don't know how this is going to go. And I don't have my husband. I don't, you know, I don't have my dog. I don't have my family. And I, I, for a minute, I felt really nervous because I'm like, what am I going to find? Am I going to even like being alone? Right. And what I discovered was this amazing part of me that I had never tuned into before because I'm always with people and especially as a salesperson as a coach I'm always just vibing off other people but now it's like I get to just deal with myself and I found myself spending my days frolicking in the forest for two hours with my hands up in the sun and just like talking Mm -hmm. to God and I'm like dancing and I'm singing and I'm sitting on the patio and watching the sunset this is not me I'm like a work seven days a week 12 hours a day hustle 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 girl so this was like a whole new Janelle that I was discovering and what I discovered about myself is like man I am so playful I am so childlike and I'm a very like just naturally joyous person. And I, I knew that about myself, but I didn't know if that was something that was pulled out of me because of the energy around me or was that coming from within? Mm. And so it was like five days of just becoming my own best friend and loving myself. I love that. And being okay with not doing the thing to feel accomplished, to feel fulfilled, to find meaning. Mm-hmm. And just sitting and watching the sunset by myself with nowhere to So when did you go? Uh, it was about two and a half years ago in April or May. Oh my gosh. I went last May up to Orcas Island because I'm, I'm in, I was in Chasta and I went up to Orcas. I was guided to do so. And I didn't have a place to stay. I had $200 in my checking account and I went because I got the guidance, the inner guidance to go. I was shaking on the ferry 
trying to get a hotel room for me to stay for two nights. And then the second night I was there, I met somebody who was looking for a roommate. And she said, when can you move in? I said, Friday. She said, come when you check out, come. And I was like, that's divine intervention. And I had friends loan me money so I could stay there for two months. And every night that I could, I, I sat and I watched the sunset for like two hours. Oh. I don't know that. Per I didn't know that person. Yeah. Yeah. Like watching the sunset up there. Oh yeah. my goodness. It's a thing. Yeah. I just have to add this one thing. My first, one of my, my, no, I think it was my second coach. You know, I, I hired a coach to help me stay accountable, you know, as I was building my business, but what she coached me on was the being of nothing. Mm. And my homework pretty much for the whole three months I worked with her was just, just be. And I was like, what does that even mean? Because I had no concept of this whole being thing. Cause I'm like, I'm such a doer. I'm just, you know, I had a very strong masculine energy. It's a thing. It's a thing. And now here I am like, like you, right. The sunset thing. I'm like, I can totally be just be, and I absolutely love it. But when that conversation came up, I'm like, what is she talking about? Is she, is she out of her mind? Like, how do I be in order to be abundantly successful in my business? Like, I don't understand how doing nothing is going to actually do this. Right. But, but as soon as I got back, all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. New client, client who had a consult, wasn't sure, came back, said yes. And all of a sudden, since then, my business has grown. I love steadily. that. I love that because like when we, like I, when I got back down to weed after two months, I would like lay on the grass for like a half hour minimum every day. Mm. My body was like, oh no, I don't really care about anything else. This feels too good. Like I, I just, my, something in my system just shifted yes. to the being is so much more important than anything I can do. Yeah that it's shifted my ability to interrelate because it's all been deep inner work of like connecting with nature. I have trees and rocks talk to me now, mm. which I never thought was possible. It's not converse. Well, one of them was a conversation, but most of them were just energy and feeling the energy of them or like yeah. a big rock or boulder will call me over to sit on it. I'm like, why am I feeling the energy of this? And it's like, because I slowed down enough to hear it to hear it and that's so interesting you say that Sophia because I feel that too but I kind of thought it was like kind of strange but now that you're mentioning it I'm like oh is that what's going on yeah that's what it is they're trying to connect with us because uh -huh. the frequency of the of the planet are shifting to help us remember who we are and the interconnectivity we have with everything that's so cool so um in Orcus I met a redwood that demanded I mean, she actually talked to me. I was like, not <laughs> like not verbally, but like in here, yeah. she's like, uh, you need to meditate with me. I'm like, excuse me. She said, yeah, you need to meditate weekly. And I, I didn't get to meet weekly. Um, I went and I sat under her and like five minutes of, and it was some sort of conversation, but it was so fast. I couldn't hear it. And I started getting a headache. Mm. and because she's a redwood she's an old old tree with lots of knowledge and nobody paid attention to her and I'm like honey I can only process so much I'll come back and then the following week I got a call from where my mom is saying that she was transitioning which she didn't but she was um 
so I had to leave but like it was it was really profound to like recognize that trees actually want to connect with us and they have information for us that we may not comprehend but we may be the carriers of the knowledge because they can't walk but we can I don't I really don't understand it but it's I mean whenever I go hiking if I see a cedar I'll have to go say hi to it yeah you can kind of touch it or like acknowledge yeah me too me too yeah and for me it's been a new thing that's only been in the last couple years that I feel so for me when I'm really stressed or I just feel so anxious I go to Central Park Mm. and that's what I do as I just walk and I'm like I don't really go there with any intention, but I'm drawn to it. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's, this, there's this like magnetic pull. It's almost like I'm hungry for it. And I need, yeah. my body's like, go, you need to go. And when I'm there, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So cool. I love this. I love yeah. this. It's beautiful. It's like, cause, so cool. cause as we, I mean, it's because you're opening your heart more and more. Mm. And as we do that, I mean, Abu, the kitty that was on my lap, he just, when I first met him, like he's supposed to be a skittish cat that doesn't like people that aren't family. Within like five minutes, he came over and he started like doing the cat thing and like weaving around me. And and his his mom, uh, mom Janice was like, that's not like him. I said, honey, I work with animals. He can feel it. And he sat on, like, I've only been here 24 hours and he sat on my lap four times because he feels the energy. Yeah. And so they want to, meaning all non-humans, want to help us remember how interconnected we are. And the gateway to that is by opening our hearts. I love that. Yeah. It's such an interesting conversation. It's not <laughs> where I thought it was going to go. And I'm like, yeah, this was very divine. So thank I, you. I don't ever... You know, I've, I've been asked if I give questions. I'm like, I don't because it's all intuitive. Yeah. And so I just go where I'm feeling yeah. and this just happened to come out. And it's like, it's, but I felt, I felt when you mentioned sunsets, it was like, oh, you got the switch. You got, got the, the switch. Yeah. I got the switch. Got the and switch. It's so cool. And I think talking about uh, deprogramming, we were talking about the first five minutes. I think that has been a huge piece of it is like going like, oh, I don't have to hustle and like kill myself to be successful in my business. I can actually slow down, take care of myself and actually continue to like double my income. Mm -hmm. This is such a weird concept, but it's so ingrained in us that this is in order to be to make money you need to like basically kill yourself over it right. and I'm like no I get to make a difference in the world I get to heal families and 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 marriages and I really get to take care of myself at the same time which is so great it's amazing I mean that's how we're supposed to live we're supposed to do what we love and love ourselves in the process of doing it yeah and, you know, when I work with animals, I, I'm like a five-year-old in a candy shop. I get so excited when I hear what happened because I have no, like, I, there's a chart. I memorize the chart. I practice it. I go out of myself. My handwriting just disappears because I'm just channeling information. And what comes through 
like makes my left brain really, really happy because I'm like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I didn't even get trained in this, but this is so cool that I'm writing it down because it's helping this animal and they knew that I was able to do it. And then I hear from the humans that live with them and it's just amazing to see the transitions. Hmm. And it's just, it's like, I get to do this. I get to, like that. That's what I feel. It's like, I get to do this. How did I get lucky enough to do this? Yeah. And, you know, one of the reasons I left corporate was I felt like there, I wasn't in it. There was yeah. very little Janelle in there, right? It was kind of like I had to kind of put on this uniform. And I'd done that for so long. And I was like, yeah, I just started to get these like feelings. I almost, I, it started with like this or sort of inner restlessness. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, why am I like every, out on the outside? Everything was perfect. Mm -hmm. I had won a free trip to Rome. I won a free trip to Bermuda. I was making over six figures, working five hours a day. I was like, this is great. Like, why am I feeling so restless about that? Mm -hmm. And then I started to have these downloads. And and then I turned, and just about when I turned 40, I was really thinking like, wow, this is basically the half point of my life. Mm. And I kind of did this sort of rewind and looking at my the 40 years of my life. And, you know, it was extraordinary. I've met the queen. I had a conversation with her. I gave her some flowers. I competed. I got to dance and sing and express myself in these ways. I got to have a job that I was really good at. And I got to travel and win stuff. And I wanted more. I felt like that was the mountain that I had like climbed to the top of. And I'm like, okay, now what? Right. And what I had imagined was myself at the pearly gates of heaven at the end of my life. And St. Peter saying to me, Janelle, what did you do with your life? Mm. And I realized I didn't have much to say. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, I donated a lot of money to my family. I, you know, I did these things, but none of it was like heart centered. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, that's not true. You know, donating money to my family, finance, you know, supporting yeah. them financially was, is a big deal. And it was excess. It wasn't me putting my heart and soul into something. It was mm -hmm. like, oh, you need money. Okay, here you go. Right. And so then I really started to ask myself, okay, well, if I could create a life, like if I could re have a redo, if I could reset my life and do anything I wanted, mm -hmm. what would that look like? And if I were to create a career that only Janelle could have, that mm -hmm. was so authentic to my gifts my experience, my love, what would that look like? And I kind of mm -hmm. just sat with that for a few months mm -hmm. until I hired a coach and she helped me discover like, oh, I actually want to help other people. Okay, well, how do I want to do that? Well, I want to help people who are like me, who've gone through the things that I've gone through to show them how I got out of it, not out of it, but how I overcame that right? and created an, an amazing life and was no longer a victim of my circumstance and right. so that's how I started this this career and it just so every time I get a, a you know a testimonial or even when I do podcasts and people say to me like Janelle like this was such an amazing podcast like I'm so moved you made a difference for me mm -hmm. and that you know I am clear that you're going to make a difference in this world for me that that's everything oh I feel it because you're you're so heart-based and you're so open to helping others. I mean, that's, that's the feeling I get from your heart is 
you have a genuine passion to help people navigate their lives in ways that are going to expand them. And that's, that's so beautiful because like knowing how to help somebody through a trauma in a way that's healthy and non-judgmental or stressful is such a big deal. And I, I know, I sense, I feel that you do that with ease and grace and play. And play. Play is important. We don't have enough play in our lives. We're I so know. serious all the time. And, right? I know. <laughs> and then we lose ourselves. And then we wonder why we're miserable. It's like we're just like the slave to the societal norms. And then we, we, we stop tuning in. We stop listening. And we even almost like purposely try to shut that down and that's what I believe that's why our planet is the way it is I believe that's why our families are the way they are mm -hmm. and you know I don't sugarcoat stuff as you can tell I'm super direct but I'm like we don't have time to pussyfoot to you know I just like let's get let's get to work let's figure out what's in the way of us being happy and do the work I agree I love that <laughs> I love that because like we're not here to suffer. We're here to experience peace and love and joy and play. So how do we get from suffer to that? And direct, really honest is the only way to do it. Because if you're not honest, it's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, just there's no shame in yeah. anything. There's no shame. Shame is all self-induced. You know, it's like, it's like a dull knife. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Right? Yep. It's like, oh, it takes a lot of effort to get through it. And so, you know, like most of my clients are with me for only six to 12 weeks. And a lot of coaches would say to me, well, you should create a six month program or a 12 month program. I'm like, no, I want them to get what they need from me. Go and go and practice, go do life. Mm -hmm. And so I can help the next person. Yep. I'm not I about taking their money or trying to keep them as long as I can right. so that I don't have to, again, selfish reasons. So I don't have to go and look for new clients. No, that's so inauthentic. If if right. I if I can heal someone in one phone call and mm -hmm. they don't even have to pay me any money from that one phone call, they just hear this one juicy bit that shifts everything. I am super happy. I get that. I get that. Like I rarely have I rarely have an animal come in for more than one session. Because hmm. they don't have a lot of subconscious programming. We do. <laughs> mm. We have ancestral stuff and we have like karmic stuff and we have all these things. The animals, pretty much it's one and done. And I love that. I don't yeah. want to have an animal more than two or three times. Yeah. Because then something's really wrong with the animal and they've taken on human behavior. Yeah. Like they don't, they don't have yeah, they have ancestral trauma and they have karma and they have like hereditary things like we do, but they don't have the bullshit programs that we have. Yeah. So. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to, I actually, when we finish, I actually want to introduce you to my dog. Oh, I would love to see him. Cause she's like an anxious, I've never, I've had a lot of dogs and mm -hmm. she's super anxious. Mm. like any noise she's like, and I'm yeah. like what about this dog that she's and she's very clingy and she does not like to be in the car like she freaks mm. out 
And I'm like, you've been in the car so much and you're still like, there must've been some trauma. I don't yeah, know. there's definitely trauma. I already feel that there's definitely trauma, but it's, it's not, it has nothing to do with you. It's like it, uh, this is so interesting. I'm not, do I have permission? Okay. So there's like, it feels ancestral hmm. um, that, you know, how we have seven generations, six or seven generations that are epigenetics. Mm-hmm. They have like 50 or 60 generations because they don't live as long. So like when something comes in, it's, it's the same time frame as us, but it's just like, it's just longer. And so it's ingrained. I, I dealt with a terrier the other day. And the terrier was acting like a terrier and the terrier didn't want to act like a terrier anymore. So we deactivated that hereditary programming and now the dog is calm. Hmm. Like, I, I, I don't understand when it wants to come through. I don't know what wants to come through. Um, sometimes I get stuff that I haven't even been trained in, but it doesn't matter because I'm open to that. And it's just, I don't know. It's just really fun. <laughs> it is super cool. Yeah. Because yeah, my husband's always like, what is with your dog? I'm like, I have no idea. I've, right. I've why she's so, you know, I, and I've always had the same breed. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very familiar with the, the Maltese poodle. Oh, cool. The personality. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And she's like extra, extra affectionate and very clingy. Okay. And also there's just these weird tendencies that I'm like, I've never dealt with a dog who does not want to be in a car and just is like, like nails in my arm and just like all hopped up in me. And it's just the weirdest. Fascinating. Yeah. Wow. I'll definitely tune in. Um, But we're going to wrap this up. Yes. (laughs) And I want to ask, how can people find you? Yeah. People can find me through my website. Um, I have, you can either find me through janellegreen.com or saveourmarriage.ca. But of course I deal with things more than marriage. I'm just super passionate about marriage, but my clients are sort of 50-50. A lot of them are coming to me for relationship stuff. And a lot of them are just in that that fork in the, in the road where mm-hmm. they're going through some sort of spiritual emotional physical transition and they just need someone to really give them permission at the Mm -hmm. end of the day Mm -hmm. to trust what they feel and Mm -hmm. to help them process that Mm -hmm. and I think at the end of the day what my job is is to let people know that they're not alone Mm. because I think if in my opinion the biggest fear of people, including myself, is is being alone. Yeah. So I think being that person to hold space for them to, hey, it's okay. It's mm-hmm. okay that you feel these things. It's okay you're angry even, you know, um, gives them so much. When we can acknowledge and hear each other and see each other, mm-hmm. And we can start to heal and let go of whatever it is that we've been holding on to that's keeping us yeah. from evolving to the next version of ourselves. And I do this work every single day, right? And so I think yeah. that's what makes me also unique is I'm not, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there that they're like, yeah, I became this because it sounded fun. Mm-hmm. I became a coach because it sounded fun or I just wanted to help you. But for me, I feel like it's so much deeper than that. Mm-hmm. 
for me. It's it's not this like, yeah, it sounded like a fun thing to do. No, <laughs> it's, like, it's a call. Oh, this is like, it's I, a had, I almost feel like I had no choice in the matter. Right, right. Oh, like, when I started like, when I started doing this, it felt like it was what I was supposed to do my whole life. Yes, yes. Like, how did I go on this weird academic trajectory? I, I yeah. okay, fine, because I didn't know about like Body Talk came out in nineteen eighty eight. I think it was. I was in Connecticut in nineteen eighty eight. There's nobody that's doing <laughs> any quantum healing back east. I, it's like it just doesn't exist. So I didn't know about it until I came out west. And even then it was not until I moved to Portland, Oregon in like 2000, I moved in, I got involved in, in 2014 and then I moved out here in 2007, I wasn't ready for it. So when you're ready for it, it's amazing what comes through. And that's, I feel that you're like, you're in the rhythm of your soul's calling. And that's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And you feel it like, you know, it when you're there, you're yeah. like, okay, this feels really like gushy, but at the same time, I am like so confronted every single day. And so mm -hmm. it's this really interesting dynamic because I know yeah. when I was corporate it was like, I want a challenge. And now I feel like I'm in like the challenge of my life. Mm -hmm. But what's so cool is this challenge isn't just about me. This is so much bigger than me mm -hmm. and is calling me to step into this bigger self that little Janelle could never, could never do. Like there has, there is like this pull mm -hmm. and I told myself that I want to transform 10 million lives before I die. Why 10 million? I don't know. That What's was that? the number that came for me. Yeah, but I'm like, it doesn't even matter if I hit 10 million, but it's the beingness. Right. And being able to set aside my own insecurities, doubts, fears, ego for the sake of the future generations. Right. To come. Because I don't have my own kids. And I used to think, well, why, why was that? Mm. And someone said to me 25 years ago, well, maybe Janelle's someday maybe this is not meant for you to have kids maybe it's you're meant to birth something bigger than that something greater mm. than that and this was way before I became a coach yeah and now that this is all happening I remember that someone saying that to me and going oh yeah. this is the thing I'm meant to birth mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that is so beautiful <laughs> thank you thank you Sophia oh Janelle it has been such a joy <laughs> and a gift to connect with you and I'm so grateful same. Thank you. Yeah, and I thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and your play. And I am so looking forward to connecting with you again. Same. Thank you. Can you help me redefine truth and preservation of our soul shine? I can feel it yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside. In your bones, you will know. Trust and let go and let it flow.